0: Welcome to Torah Dimecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Shmiman, and today we will be learning Perek Vav. Yesterday's Perek stressed the importance of Brismila, Karban Pesach, and Talmud Torah as core mitzvos as the people enter the land of Israel. The Perek concluded with a Malach approaching Yehoshua in anticipation of the invasion of Yericho. Picture standing in front of the walls of Yericho, bolted shut from the inside, secured from the outside, impenetrable, ominous, a solid, walled city in front of you, the first city that the nation approaches to attack. Yahushua heard the message of the spies that the people of Yericho are trembling, their hearts melting, but in looking at the city, it hardly seems so. Pasuk Aleph 1. V'Yericho sogeres umis sugeres m'bnei b'nei Israel, ein Yotzei v'ein Ba. Yericho had closed its gates and was barred because of the B'nai Yisrael. No one went out and no one came in. The Yabar explains that because it was closed from within and from the outside, conventional warfare could not be used. The conquest would need to be by miraculous means. The people of Yericho were following the news and therefore... They knew that the people of Cheshbon in the time of Sihon and Og had fought outside their city, and therefore they sequestered themselves inside, hoping to protect themselves and ward off the Jewish people. Pasuk Beis 2 And Hashem said to Yoshua, See, I have given you Yericho and its king and the mighty warriors. Hashem now addresses Yehoshua directly rather than through the Malach, beginning with an assurance that he will give Yericho and its king and the mighty warriors into the hand of Yehoshua. This will not just be a victory, but it will be in the palm of your hand. The battle of Yericho was an open miracle in contrast to the battles that followed. The people were transitioning, even through their battles, from a world of miracles to a world of the regular and mundane. What was the plan? For six days, the nation was instructed to encircle Yericho one time a day, while on the seventh day, they would go around seven times. Why the encirclement? The Barbanel explains that this encirclement was both for the Jewish nation and the people of Yericho. As the Jewish people encircled Yericho day after day, they would realize the military impossibility of conquest through normal means and would turn their hearts and minds to Hashem as their rescuer. And as for the people of Yericho, seeing the people encircling their city day after day, quietly, would unnerve them as to what was to come. We are going to see the number seven appear in multiple places across this battle. The Barbanel explains that this number connects us and the people of that time back to creation. Hashem created the world and this miraculous conquest was part of his design. Let's try to picture the scene. First in the procession were the chaluts, the vanguard of fighting men. Rashi comments that these are the two and a half shvatim who days before committed to Yehoshua to be there to fight on behalf of their brothers. He, they said, na'asev Sevenishma. They were followed by seven kohanim carrying seven shofros ha'yovlim, either ram's horns or according to the Barbanel, shofros that were designated for the beginning of the Yovel Jubilee year. Followed by the Aron Bris Hashem, followed by the people. So you have the Shvatim, then the Kohanim, then the Aron, and then the people. According to many commentaries, the people were to walk in silence day after day after day. The Mtudas David comments that there were shofar blasts each day as they encircled the city. Let's understand the symbolic message of the procession. The Kohanim and the Aron are preceded and followed by soldiers. As the people transition into the land, even in the space of an open miracle, they are messaged that there is a balance between the miraculous and the commonplace. The number seven symbolizes the natural, messaging the duality of open miracles as they enter the land with a future of normal, everyday life with natural events. Pasuk Hay 5. V'haya b'mshoch b'keren Hayovel, kishamachem es ha'shofar, And it will be upon the extended blast with the ram's horn when you hear the sound of the shofar, all the people will cry out with a great scream and the wall of the city will sink into its place and the people shall invade, each man straight ahead. Finally, on the seventh day, the people encircled the city seven times, all the while, the Kohanim are blowing the shofar. They blew with a tekiah, a sound meant to be triumphant, expressing joy and victory. The Barbanel highlights the word Yovlim to suggest that the, this long blast would connect the people to the idea of Yovel, the land returning to its rightful owner. All the sevens, seven days, seven shofros, seven circles, the day being Shabbos, would point the people both the Jewish people and the nations of the world, to recognize that Hashem made the world in seven days and Hashem is the creator. The shouts of the people were loud expressions of tefillah. The Pasuk says, Yariu kol ha'am, They would cry out, as seen in Sefer Shamos, when the people cried out to Hashem and Hashem heard their cry. The miracle, says the Mikhtav Me'eliyahu, Rabeliyahu Desler, was a result of their prayer. As we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, we can take these messages of confidence from tekiah and prayer, yariu, teruah, to heart, letting the different sounds of the shofar penetrate. We pray that the tekiah of joy and confidence with the teruah of prayer will break down any walls and barriers that may be blocking our way toward teshuva. The people were told that the walls would fall in their place, rather than topple. According to the Gemara Brachos, since the width of the wall was equal to its height, had the wall fallen, it still would have been impenetrable. A part of the wall remained above ground as a memorial to the miracle. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch and two eighteen one, states that one who sees the sight of the walls of Yericho is required to say the bracha Asa Nisim Lavo Senu Bamakom ze. While we are familiar with the bracha that connotes a connection of time with miracles, as we say on Hanukkah, Bayamim HaHem Bazman HaZeh, this bracha connects us with the place that a national miracle occurred. And now Yoshua relays Hashem's instructions to the people. Ves ha-am tziva Yehoshua lo Davar Ad Amri Alechem This is Pasuk Yud, and Yahushua commanded the people saying, You shall not shout, don't let your voice be heard, and not even a word should come out of your mouth until the day that I order you to shout, and then you shall shout. It's actually interesting, there's an ambiguity in the first few words, is it that Joshua commanded the nation or the nation commanded Joshua? The Barbaranel suggests that the people moved with such haste to fulfill Yoshua's directive that it was as if they commanded him. So picture an entire nation lined up silently, that in itself is a miracle, circling the city day after day and returning to the encampment at night. <speaking in Hebrew> And then they started the process again with alacrity. Vayesh came Yoshua b'Aboker, ko asu They did this for six days. Pasuk tesvah fifteen. Vayihi was on the seventh day. Vayashkimu Alos hashachar, and they got up early in the morning. Vayasobu es and they went around the city like this seven times. Rakba ha hu, savavu sheva pa'amim. But this time they went around seven times. By Yom HaShvi'i, the Medrash and Bereshus Rabbah understands that the invasion took place on Shabbos, the seventh day of the week. The Radak explains, Misha al ha Shabbos, tziva lechalel Shabbos. The one who commanded about Shabbos, also in this case, with Yericho, commanded to desecrate Shabbos. According to the Seder Hayomi, it was on the seventh day of the siege that Yahushua composed the Tvila of Aleinu to highlight, to commemorate, to celebrate the open miracle that was to occur. The tefillah emphasizes his superiority, of the Jewish people over the idolatrous nations and the concept of monotheism. In a world filled with enemies of Hashem and enemies of our people, the words of Aleinu are our national anthem, a song of pride, if you listen carefully to the tune, you may even hear trumpets announcing Hashem as our king. Take a close look at Aleinu, and you will see a backward acrostic of the name Hoshea, Yoshua's original name. Ayin, Aleinu l'shabeach l'adon hakol. Shin, shelosamchao kenu kahem. Vav, anachnu korim u'mishtachavim. Hey, hu Elokenu Ain Od. With humility, Yoshua includes his name, but masks it, both reversing the acrostic and using his original name. In the Veil of Tears, a 16th century catalog of martyrs, Yosef HaKohen describes the persecution of the Jews of Blois, France in 1171. Many masters of the Torah died at the stake, and their death was accompanied by a solemn song resounding through the stillness of the night causing the churchmen who heard it from afar to wonder at the melodious strains, the like of which they had never heard before. It was ascertained afterward that the martyred saints had made use of the Aleinu as their dying song. The Tvila of Alenu has tremendous kedusha. It is a focal point of the Yom Kippur davening. And yet we have the opportunity, the privilege to recite it numerous times daily at the conclusion of Shachris, Mincha, and Meirev. The Brura teaches us a halacha that if one enters a shul and hears the congregation reciting Aleinu, he or she should recite it with them, even if that person is not davening with the rest of the group. So if you walk in and you hear the Kehila davening Aleinu, Join in to declare Hashem's sovereignty over the world. What a privilege. Yoshua gives the people instructions now how to conduct themselves with the destroyed city of Yericho. He directs the rescue of Rachab and all in her house, and then enacts a ban on the spoils. He is very specific, according to the Malbim, as he was concerned that because Rachab and her family and their possessions were saved, the people might think that they could take other objects. Guard yourselves from these designated things, lest you cause yourself to be destroyed by taking from these designated things. But not only you as an individual will suffer, the Pasuk continues, but the entire B'nai Yisrael will be cursed and besmirched. The Mepharshim discussed whether the ban on spoils was a directive from Hashem or Yehoshua. The Radak suggests that Hashem did command Yehoshua not to benefit from the spoils when the Malach told Yehoshua that the ground was holy. The Yalkut Shimoni suggests that Yehoshua made this decision independently. Sadly, we will learn tomorrow that things unravel due to this ban. The question is, why did Yehoshua take this extra level of precaution and restriction in this first war? Firstly, because it was Shabbos, Yoshua was concerned that the people would desecrate Shabbos by taking the spoils. Secondly, Yoshua dedicated the spoils of the first city conquered to Hashem. We see a similar concept when we dedicate our first fruits to Hashem when we give Bikurim. And thirdly, Yericho was a city of idol worship, and one cannot benefit from Avod Zerah. And now for the moment of triumph. Pasach 20. And the people shouted, and the Kohanim blew the shofars, and it was when the people heard the sound of the shofar, the people cried out with a great scream, And the wall sank into its place, And the people invaded the city, each man straight ahead, and they conquered the city. And they destroyed everything in the city man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey by the edge of the sword. And the young men. Now they weren't really young, but they went with such energy. These miraglim, and they brought out Rachav, her father, her mother, her brother, and all that she possessed, and all of her families. This juxtaposition of saving Rachav while destroying the city highlights that the obliteration of the city was not arbitrary that the people could have come forward to support the Jewish people as they entered the land. They heard what she heard, but they did not act as she did. Rachav separated herself from her people, and as such, according to the Gemara Megillah, Yudalid Amidbeis merited to marry Yehushua. While this may raise a Halakha question of not marrying a K'nani, the Rambam determines that this law applies to a non-Jewish K'nani. When Rachav converted, the prohibition was no longer of concern. Pasuk Chafvav, 26. Vayashba Yehoshua ba'esahi le'mor, and Yehoshua swore at that time, saying, Arur ha'ish lefnei Hashem asher yakum uvana es ha'ir hazos es yiricho. Cursed is the man before Hashem who rises up and builds the city of Yiricho. B'vchoro yeyasdena uvitsiiro yatsiv delaseha. With his oldest son, he will lay its foundation, and with his youngest son, he will set up its gates. We learn much later in the times of Eliyahu Hanavi, approximately 500 years later, that this curse comes to be when Chiel attempted to rebuild the city of Yericho, and in doing so, lost his eldest son when he laid the foundation, and his youngest son when he built the gates. Why such harsh terms? The Gemara even adds in Sanhedrin Daf Kufya Gimel Ahmed Aleph that it is forbidden to build a city under another name or another city with this same name. You see, by rebuilding Yericho or establishing a new city named Yericho, one erases the awe-inspiring miracle, the opening miracle in the conquest of the land. The rivid suggests beautifully that Yericho, because it was the first city to be conquered, was dedicated and sanctified just as we sanctify the first fruits. It was the truma of the land itself. The miracle of encircling Yericho, according to the Vilna Gon, is connected to Simchas Torah. The Kedusha related to this miracle is one that we must capture through the joy of Simchas Torah, to break down the walls and remove all barriers which stand between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rav Kuk Zatzal would refer to the Hakafos on Simcha's Torah as Zecher Likibush Yiricho and based it on the words of Chazal in Yerushalmi Sukkah. After the Hakafos, he would get up at the Bima and say, Yehudim Karim dear Jews, haHakafos Halalu Hein Zecher L'Kibosh Yiricho, these haqqufos are in memory in tribute to the conquering of Jericho, the khakh nekhpos mihadash, and let us conquer our land from anew. Kishniyem u khadim u meluk khadim kisharshros And when we are united together like one chain, yplubifnenu Homos. The walls will fall in front of us. Vehulanu na alel tziyon birina, and all of us will go up to Zion with joy. Veli Rishalayim beis mikdashenu, and to the place of our beis hamikdash, olam with an everlasting joy. Our parrot closes with pasuk twenty seven. Vayhi Hashem es Yehoshua, vayhi Sham O b'chol ha'aretz, and so Hashem was with Yehoshua and his fame was throughout all the country. The parrot closes with an affirmation of Hashem's support and allegiance to Yehoshua, and he was known across the land, either Yehoshua or Hashem or both. It was clear after the miraculous victory of Yericho that Hashem's hand was present, carrying the people into the land. It is this battle of seven days which sets the stage for the seven years of Kibush, conquering the land, followed by seven years of Chiluk dividing the land. In summary, this parak describes the miraculous conquest of the first city, Yericho. It is this miracle that sets the tone as the people enter the land. Every day we have an opportunity as we recite the Tfila of Aleinu, written by Yahushua during this conquest of Yericho, to focus on the victory of Yericho and to Davin, that we too merit decisive victories where Hashem's name and presence will be manifest. Thank you for learning together mm-hmm. Le'iluy Nishmot, imotenu Hayikarot, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah Shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah Shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.